Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Learning how to do your job, learning what skills, you know, you're going to master and how to be effective. Yeah, you got, you got to be a little bit cutthroat. You know, you got to like make some moves and shake things up. Um, and, but, but you also have to recognize that as you grow, some of that stuff that people loved you for when you were on the come up, isn't, they're not going to love that about you anymore like they've seen it like show us that you can be what we need you to be now welcome to the shark effect i'm your host alex molden i'm a former nfl veteran and now i'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach in this podcast you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Welcome to the Shark Effect. (laughs) Welcome to the Shark Effect Part 2. Now, for my listeners, me and Katie... I interviewed her back in when? When was that? March, like right was when the March? pandemic started. Yeah. Oh my goodness, back in March. And there was a different, it was a different time, both for the world and for Katie. And so uh, I want to get her back on and want to see what she's up to nowadays. And I'm I'm really excited to, uh, to interview you, Katie. You know, we've been good friends over... I don't know, the past eight, nine years? Eight, nine years, yeah. Like right Something about like the time that. you turned 40, I think we we became <laughs> friends. Now, okay, I'm not I'm not 49, I'm 47. So well, so okay, technically okay. I've known so you just... for seven years. <laughs> seven years, okay. yeah. So Katie, tell my shark effect listeners a little bit about you. 
right. So hey, you, uh, hey, hey, yeah, hey, you got you got three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Yeah, I want the three minute version. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I first and foremost, I am a uh, mother of two. So I have a um, 15 year old son, 12 year old daughter, and um, we just recently relocated to uh, New York from the West Coast. So they were born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, as was I. Um, I came from a very small uh, Native American reservation in central Washington. Um, and then I've, I made my way to Portland um, to, to work at Nike and I've raised my kids there up until August and took a dream job and found myself out on, um, in New York in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and, you know, just trying to reset and kind of redefine, um, you know, what I'm doing and what's important in life, like much of the world is doing right now. And that's uh, what, what we're out here doing. That's it. That's it. Three minutes. Is that under three, three minutes? That was, that was, yeah, that's way under three <laughs> okay. minutes. Good job. Hey, so, so tell me a little bit, I mean, traveling, right, by yourself, well, yourself being a single mom with your two teenage kids from a place that they've been very comfortable in the great Portland, you know, in the Northwest, and then doing that traveling to a whole new city, a whole new culture, a whole new job, still same company, but a new job. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest um, moment of enlightenment for yourself, both as professionally, but also personally? Oh man. Um, I think there's, there's definitely been, it's competitive, the, the biggest moment of enlightenment, because there's been so many. Um, I think waking up on August 20th and actually going to the airport. Um, <laughs> I had my son when I was 17. And so we've kind of grown up together. And my daughter, you know, obviously shortly thereafter, I was still really young. So our whole lives have been an adventure. Um, and it's so funny to me because um, I have asked them to trust me on so many occasions, um, you know, like not, and not in the way that you're, you just like have this innate trust for your parents, but like, trust me, cause I'm going to ask us to do something crazy. Um, and I want you guys to believe that we can do it just as much as I do. Um, and it felt that way leaving the reservation, you know, I left um, Yakima when Tanner was three years old and Lakin was three months old, um, to chase my dreams. And I have always, you know, whether it was professionally or, um, personally, you know, I went through this period of time where I was still trying to like play three sports, um, and rec leagues and work and go to school and do all these things. And I just have kind of always drugged them around with me. Um, and I've been very fortunate that they've always had my back and even very young, um, you know, trusted me and believed in um, their mom's ability um, and their mom's dreams. And, you know, I just kept um, kind of kept my head down and kept going. And so I think when it came to this point in time, um, you know, me saying, hey, guys, <laughs> we're going to move to New York. Um, of course, they were mad as hell at first because I'm asking to basically teenage kids to pack up and leave their friends, um, leave their family and just go to, 
a place that could not be more different than Portland, Oregon, um, on, a, on basically on a whim. Uh, and let's also do that in the middle of a pandemic. And let's also do that in the middle of um, complete and utter, you know, civil unrest and, and turmoil. Um, and, you know, I think when we got up to, to kind of round off my story here, when we got up on August 20th and, uh, you know, the sun was out, it was a beautiful summer day in, in Portland and, it, well, you know, this, well, I find my words here. I think it was like, I, it wasn't enlightenment. It was maybe fear for us just like, gosh, I, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, because it's very different when you take two little kids um, to a new place and they don't have their friends yet. They don't have their, you know, footing anywhere and they're, they don't know who they are yet. Right. Well, yeah. my kids are a lot like me and you bet your ass that by 10 years old, 12 years old, they know who they are and they know what they want. And um, I was asking a huge favor of them. And so when we got up that day and we got, we actually got on the plane I had that moment of enlightenment where I was like, I cannot believe that I started my adulthood with a baby, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. with no money, um, living away from my family. And look at me now, I'm getting on a plane to New York City with my two kids and our, you know, our dog. <laughs> and to go take a job that I would have never in a million years thought I would be lucky enough to have um, or good enough to have, you know, all those things kind of go, go through your head when you're kind of coming up and, and going through your journey. So um, enlightenment, fear, hope. Um, and also it was really sad. I, I mean, it was sad to leave your foundation and I was leaving my foundation. My mom is still mad at me. <laughs> Um, and I could not have picked a more uncertain time. You know, we love that phrase right now, a, a more unprecedented time to do that. And so, um, you know, like I said, we've been on a lot of adventures together and I wouldn't pick two other people in the world to do it with. Um, but we're here and, and we're figuring it out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, I, I guess because you're not really going into the office. No. Mm -mm. I was about to say, man, how was that, I guess, how was that first Zoom call? <laughs> I guess it's not going into the office. I was hoping, like, yeah, you go into the office and it's like, you know, me going to the uh, first time going into a, uh, a locker room on a new team. It's kind of weird. How was that like on your first Zoom call with, well, your, I, with your team that you're going to be leading? Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, took my first Zoom call. Um, on this team, on my new team uh, from Portland. So I, you know, I was kind of used, used to that too, because that was what we had been doing for three months at that point, right? Um, and I just kept thinking, oh, when I get to New York, it's gonna get easier, it's gonna get easier. But you know, you're right, like there, there is no locker room, there is no workspace there. You have to work really hard to build relationships on a new team when you're sitting across from each other in a room eight hours a day, right, together. Um, turning on your, your Zoom and hoping to be able to foster not only new relationships, but trust, trust between people 
um, the comfortability to be candid with each other, um, not to mention every day <laughs> for the better half or more of this year, something I feel like has happened that has made the conversation hard, painful, uncomfortable. Um, those are not conversations that are easy by any stretch of the imagination to have in person, let alone over a computer with people that don't know you from Adam, like don't and don't know why you're here yet and don't know what your skill set is and don't know what leadership um, qualities you bring to this team yet. So um, it was it was incredibly difficult. It felt a little funny, like this all this um, like build up to, oh, I'm going to be in New York. And then I get to New York and I'm still turning on the Zoom. Um, I'm not going into the <laughs> office. So it really didn't change the dynamic much. Uh, the time zone did. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to like get out and, and see my team socially distant, of course. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, it, it was less about, oh my gosh, this is hard for me. And more about, um, you know, it's, it can be a interesting situation to welcome, you know, a new person onto your team um, and, you know, have that person come from somewhere else and have a different point of view and not have a ton of experience in the city. And so for me, I just, it was less about, oh my gosh, I hate this and more about like, oh my gosh, I hope um, I'm doing enough, you know, to, to make this transition um, easier. I guess so. It just makes you appreciate things a little bit more, right? Yes. And I have that conversation with my kids every day about Zoom school, <laughs> which I'm, yeah. I know you're very familiar with, but oh, yeah. you know, we, we've talked a lot about that, um, especially, you know, living in this big city um, with a lot of different um, demographics and a lot of different, you know, living situations and neighborhoods and just a lot of different people. And, you know, my son has definitely had his share of meltdowns about how terrible school is and, you know, my teachers aren't helping and it's just so hard and complicated. And, um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from about how I can better handle this situation by how I'm trying to teach my kids to manage through it. So like those constant reminders that be thankful you have a home that has internet. <laughs> Be told that like you can walk to the fridge and get a snack in between your Zoom calls. Um, you know, like, I'm sorry that I can't do math, but, <laughs> but I'm here to support you <laughs> and, you know, we'll get you a nice calculator. Like, you, you know, and, and also just like on the, the education side, like the teacher side, like I tell him, you know, they did, this is not what they were trained to do either. So, yeah. you know, teachers were not trained to develop curriculum that they push through a computer screen while their health um, and safety is also being compromised by our current, you know, crisis, right? So um, those are all things that I've spent, you know, 33 years of my life not having to worry about. And now um, it's, a, it's part of our daily lives, right? It teaches you, mm -hmm. um, it builds character. It teaches you a different kind of leadership. And it certainly teaches you different kind of communication skills. Mm, mm. Speaking on that, like you talk about communication, leadership, what give my listeners like two or three things that 
has given you success, Mike, being a corporate badass? <laughs> corporate what are two or three things that you I'm going to go into Outlook badass. right now and change my job title to corporate <laughs> badass? No. <laughs> Um, two or three things that, that uh, I've done or that I do that I embody. So yeah, like, yeah, something like, you know, like the principles that you, that you follow. Okay. That man, like, um, I've, I, this, yeah. these things that give me success as, as I started in my, you know, corporate world journey 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What okay. steps did that take? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if, if I had to name three things that I think have been kind of my superpowers throughout my journey um, and, and, you know, my corporate journey, yes, but also I have lived my entire life um, just molding things together. So my, my life as a mom has been rolled right up into my life at, um, you know, at work and who I am as, as a person is very similar to who I am as a professional. Um, and I have, you know, I share qualities on both sides and I share shortcomings on both sides of, of who I am. Um, but I think the things that have brought me the most success, um, one, uh, first and foremost, and I've always said this, um, I am always a human. I am always myself. I am a very flawed individual um, and the best people are, but I, you know, I came into this big, scary corporate world, like I said, with a little bit of a different start than most people. Um, I, I had a kid when I still was a kid. Um, not how I recommend starting your journey as an adult. And it required a a different level of, um, you know, motivation to get the stuff done I needed to get done so I could be successful. Um, And I think um, I've always worn that, not as a, um, you know, kind of as a badge of honor a little bit. Like if I could do Mm -hmm. this, just watch what I can do. And, you know, you, I always kind of thought like I was doing, I was wearing that badge to let other people know. But I think as I have grown um, and grown into myself, I realized that I was wearing that as a reminder to myself that um, I could just be Katie <laughs> and mm-hmm. I could, uh, and that was enough, you know? Um, yeah. So I think not being afraid to just be a person and be and own, um, you know, kind of who I was and what I'd been through and use that to, um, you know, as a motivator. Um, and, I, mm-hmm. and like I said, as a reminder that, that I can do anything. Um, I think the second thing. So owning who you are. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, really owning who you, who you are. And, you know, that's, um, I think that. That's hard. That's hard that, to do. Um, you know? Yes. <laughs> <People do laughs> yes it it sounds easy. It, it no, sounds easy. It, it's, it sounds, you would think because it's you, but um, one of the best pieces of advice I have, you know, kind of received in my professional life um, and that I really took to heart that kind of, fe- you know, feeds into this, um, this uh, idea of, you know, being yourself and owning who you are is, um, you know, you can own who you are and still, recognize um, where you need to evolve. And um, when I was kind of 
in that transition phase of being a um, leader of work to a leader of people, one of my professional mentors said to me, you know, well, you're a mom, so you'll, you'll understand this. He said, you, when, when Tanner was five and he did something, you, you might've thought it was cute, right? But when Tanner's 15 and he does it, it's not cute anymore. And he's like, that's kind of like the transition that you need to make when you were going through um, kind of this development period where, you know, you're kind of learning who you are, learning how to do your job, learning what skills, you know, you're going to master and how to be effective. Yeah. You got, you got to be a little bit cutthroat, you know, you got to like make some moves and shake things up. Um, And, but but you also have to recognize that as you grow, some of that stuff that people loved you for when you were on the come up, isn't, they're not going to love that about you anymore. Like they've seen it, like show us that you can be what we need you to be now. Um, and I think that the challenge, right, is being able to own who you are, respect who you are enough to still show up that way every day, but also recognize where you need to grow the hell up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I love being a little rough around the edges. I think that's what gives me my edge, but I also know where, um, there are areas that I need, need to polish. And that, that is something that, um, I think will always be a part of, you know, my, my journey, um, as a professional. And it certainly has been a part of my journey as a mom, um, constantly Mm -hmm. taking that step back and being like, you are, you are, uh, doing a little much or you're not doing enough (laughs) and, um, and finding that balance. And, you know, as I grow and as my kids grow, I need to be able to recognize, um, where I need to make those evolutions. So what are the, the other two principles? Um, being fearless. That's always, um, that's always my go-to. Uh, I, believe that a lot of my personal and professional success um, and a lot of my personal uh, and professional um, trials and tribulations, if you will, has been because I'm fearless. I don't want to have, I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about what's not possible. Um, I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about why we can't do things. And I really do believe that a good idea, even if it's a different idea, um, can be like, it changes the, it changes the work. It changes the people that are doing the work. And, and if you're lucky, you get a couple of those ideas in your, in your life that change your career. Um, And I think it's that fearlessness that, got me to got my foot in the door. I think it's that fearlessness that took me through every single next step. Um, and it's the same fearlessness that put me on a plane, um, to come to New York to chase my next dream. Um, and that, that is just like, I really pride myself on, on just not being afraid. Absolutely. Now, let me ask, do you, do you teach that, that same principle? Do you teach that at home? Do you teach that to the kids? 
Because I think they see it. <laughs> I think they yeah. see it. But how does that, um, yeah. Do you teach it at home and how does that, how does that show up? I, I probably don't teach it um, as, you know, you know, I certainly am not sitting anybody down giving lessons in fearlessness. One thing that I am very fortunate is that my mom um, gave me all the tools I needed to figure out what exactly I wanted to be and who I wanted to be and didn't do a lot of, hey, you're going to be this. You know, she did, that was never, and, and you'll, you see that in, you know, all four of us kids are all so incredibly different. <laughs> um, and it's because we, we had the tools um, and we had the freedom to explore who we wanted to be. Um, and, and that's kind of how I approach motherhood, um, parenthood. My kids are very different from each other. Um, Tanner is a lot like me. Um, he, thrives off of just human energy and, um, you know, he, he wants to be funny and everything's a joke and, (laughs) um, you know, loves a lot of the same thing, things I love. Um, my daughter is very reserved and, um, very, a very, very focused individual. Um, Tanner and I can't have enough friends. Lakin doesn't care if she ever has friends. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I think, um, I hope that they, that, that the fearlessness is, um, is translating into like them showing me every single day that they are going to be exactly who they are, um, with, without making any apologies for that and without changing it because they think that something I'm not, isn't going to live up to my standards or I'm not going to be proud of them if they're not doing exactly what I'm doing or exactly what I think they should be doing. Um, and that leads to a lot of interesting conversations, but I, I also believe that, um, my kids could go out into the world tomorrow and be straight. Like they would be good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that that does translate to fearlessness. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I mean, one of the, uh, the big things like we teach the kids and it's, it's, you know, it's harder. I think for my wife, but it's like, man, I want to, I want to teach my kids how to overcome failure. You know, I, I want them like when oh, they're, yeah. when they're turned, when they're told no, whether it's from me or, you know, from outside and they tell no, do they just quit, fold up their tent? Do they start, you know, negative self-talk or do they figure a way out of that? That's what, that's what we really, I, yeah. I, for myself, <laughs> man, I want them to be able to figure, figure stuff out, man, when stuff don't go their way. And it sounds like, yeah, like, I think I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. No, 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 I was, I was about to say, I think that's what, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, from you is like, man, having them have tools to, to, man, to have success in spite of things not going their way. Oh yeah. I mean, well, and that's the, that's, we've dealt with that in school. We've dealt with that in sports. We've um, you know, my kids have experienced some, you know, personal turmoil that kids shouldn't have to experience at their age. And um, I have always, always believed that it's um, okay to be disappointed. 
uh, and, I, and I tell them this, it's okay to be disappointed, it's okay to be hurt, it's okay to be frustrated, but it is not okay at any point in time to ever use those things as an excuse not to keep going. And mm. that is something that I try to also show in, in you know, how I've lived my life. Um, I was, you know, again, you just going back to, you know, finding out you're pregnant when you're a teenager is not, I felt all those things, hurt, disappointment, fear. Um, and I, I, I kept going, <laughs> you know, that was like being told no. And the kids, you know, the last nine, what, what has it been now? Seven, eight months of their lives feels just like a big no, right? You're not getting your way. You're not getting to do the things you love to do. Um, and, you know, I think in those moments of whether it's failure or just not getting your way, whatever it might be, um, you know, of course I will always have their back and remind them um, that they're great and they can do it. Uh, but I be also believe in holding them accountable to be able to speak greatness into themselves. You have to be able to tell yourself, I can go do this or I'm going to be okay. Um, and that is something that, you know, I, I have to remind them of their kids. They're still figuring it out, <laughs> but um, how you, you get to wake up and decide every day, right? How you want to deal with those moments in your life. And, um, I hope that they have learned that you keep going. Um, and you, and sometimes you got to figure out how to keep going by yourself. So you better be able to get up and look yourself in the eye, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm, I can do this and I'm not going to make an excuse, um, for why I can't. Uh, what were some of the, I mean, you've had a couple of jobs within, uh, you know, a large mm -hmm. company. What were some of the, um, some of the things that like, I, I guess one or two of the best leaders you've ever, uh, been involved with, what were some of the things that they taught you? Some of the things that, that you can take both at, at work and then also at home. Oh man. Um, one of my most recent leaders uh, and just, you know, bosses, I guess, if you will, taught me something new every single day about work, about myself. Um, and she just made me so tough. <laughs> uh, mm. And I was already tough, but like, she made me tough in a way that um, she was probably the first person that didn't that didn't just pray, like praise me. There was always a, but there was always a, there was always a, you should work on this. Just radical candor, um, complete and utterly honest feedback. And that is the greatest gift you can give people um, that report to you. I, I, I fundamentally like believe that real honest feedback is is such a gift you know i, I will that. take that with <laughs> me as yeah i mean yeah like you you could have been i mean you were a professional athlete like imagine you know you come in you're everybody says all these great things about you you're you know you've got all this hype and you have a couple bad games and no one says anything to you because 
you know, you're hyped up, you're the man, like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but like, does that benefit you or, or does you coming off, off the field and having a, a coach in your life who cares about you enough to pull you aside and say, Hey, like, I need more from you, or this mm-hmm. is what you're doing wrong. Or, Hey, you actually did these seven things. Great. And this eighth thing is where I need you to step up. And it's not because I'm trying to make your life miserable. It's because I see the potential in you to be able to do all of these things well. Right. And, um, also recognizes that you are strong enough mentally and emotionally to take that feedback. I take that as a compliment. If you can sit me down and tell me what I need to work on, that's love. That's not even leadership. That's, right? that's straight up love. Like, Hey, i tell you what, <laughs> I, how can I be better that, yeah. if, you know, but it takes a certain type no, of person. To, no, no. I'm just saying like, it, it takes a certain type of person to take that feedback and be coached. Cause I play now, I play with a lot of cats that they didn't like that type of feedback because they've been doing it their way for so long. And they've, they've had some type of success and they don't want to be coached anymore. Like that's, I remember reading, oh, yeah, a, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember reading a quote from, from Doc Rivers and he said that average players don't want to be coached. Good players, uh, they want to be, they want to be coached, but great players, they want to be told the truth. I've always remembered that. I love that. And, you know, you talk about like that feedback, I... that's not everybody's willing to give that feedback and definitely not everybody's willing to, to take it. And just listening to you, how you like, you was all ears and you love that. You love that because it sounds oh, like you yeah, want to get better. I, I love it. It's... <laughs> I t- yes, I did. And, and I think that the, the leader I'm referring to would say that I'm coachable. Like that's how confident I am that, um, you know, she knew if I was poking my head in her office, I needed to hear, I needed the truth. And, um, and, and, you know, the truth about a work project or the truth about how I'm showing up. And I, I, there was no, like, sometimes, you know, oh, you want the truth about like, do you like this picture? Right. Um, but I wanted to know the truth. Do you like the person in the picture? Do you, is, is what I'm showing you about who I am? You know, like, let's talk about that. And, um, you know, that was so important for me and it put me in a position where I was able to make an informed decision about who I wanted to be as a leader, who I wanted to be as a teammate. Um, and, you know, the things that I needed to do in my personal and professional life to just be better. And it, like that, that, again, like I said, that is a, that's a gift. And I think as a, you know, as a, leader. Um, I know how hard it is to be honest with people about that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I know how hard it is to be vulnerable enough to take that, that feedback 
um, be vulnerable, you know, like you said, be vulnerable, vulnerable enough to, to sit there and, and listen and take it. Um, and know that, you know, it's always at work. We always love to say this thing. Oh, it's not personal. It's not personal. It is personal. It mm. is personal. And that's okay. Like we, we give a lot of ourselves to the work that we do, no matter what profession you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. If you love what you do, you give a lot of yourself. It's, it is personal. Um, and I think, you know, because of that, you, you should want to be better. Yeah. We used to have, we used to have a saying that you never, you never stay the same each day. You either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. And that was, man, that was something that, yeah. you know, when I look at it, I was like, damn, yeah, you never stay the same. You either get better or you, you get can't. worse. You get left behind. You get left behind right? if you stay the same. And, and yeah. again, as, as a mom, you know, as a, as a professional, as a friend, uh, you know, in any part of your life, I think you, you got, you gotta get better. You gotta, um, recognize, like I said earlier, where you need to evolve, um, what, what, um, transformations you need to go through. And they can be so small with significant Mm -hmm. impact. Like, give me an example. I want to dive into this. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, you know, the, the small adjustments and one of the things, one of the pieces of feedback I have probably received the most in my career um, has been just, you know, because I wanted to do everything all the time. I, I was always in a hundred places at once um, and doing too much, you know, taking too much on. And the feedback would always be people need more uninterrupted time with you. Like they want to see you in at your desk. They want to feel, you know, that you're truly present when you're there. Um, mm. And I focus really hard on making those adjustments at work. And then mm. I saw how those adjustments were naturally being made at home. Um, wasn't a big dinner maker. You know, I, I'm an Uber Eats queen. But I realized how something so small as being home in time to make dinner for my kids, Mm. how something as small as like not putting my kid in an Uber to get to practice. I, you know, I always like prided myself on like, I'm doing every single possible thing I can do to make sure that every single possible thing that needs to be getting done included Uber, Uber eats meals. And that included Ubering my kid to practice. And, and, you know, I was proud that like, Hey, I can do all this and still get my kid to practice. But what about what I'm missing by not doing that myself? And more importantly, what is he or she missing? Cause I'm not doing that. And so I, I started to recognize where I needed to, again, you know, go through big and small transformations in my professional life. Um, You know, I was able to recognize because of that, where I needed to go through those at home too. Mm. Yeah, that's good. 
Give me my my uh, my 22, 23 year old listeners. Can you give them some tips like when they're graduating college and they're they're jumping in the workforce? What what are some keys that can help them, especially my ladies out there? What are some keys that can help them to, you know, to kind of thrive in the, in the corporate world? It can be one big tip or many as you want, but some of the things you've learned. Um, you, you've already dropped some gold in I'm so sure. Yeah, no. Um, speaking specifically to, to women, um, be prepared. Um, and I mean that in the broadest sense. Be prepared in that um, you're informed. Be prepared that you've um, done the work. Uh, and quite honestly, you're probably going to have to work harder um, than your male, than, you know, uh, your, your male counterparts. Um, be prepared to be prepared to show up exactly how they hope you show up, but also be prepared to be criticized for showing up for exactly how they want you to show up. Um, that has been the most constant, the most consistent part of my experience as a woman in corporate America. Um, you, you know, they, they, I say they, and I just mean they broadly, um, you know, people want you in the room as you know, we love that term, you know, boss, she's a boss lady, she's a boss B, you know, you mm -hmm. corporate badass, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they love, people love to give that title out. And, and women, you know, we, we earn it and we love to wear it. But it's so quickly, the, the qualities and the characteristics and the parts of you that make you that boss they can be twist and turned to feel like those are the very same things that you're being criticized for, or um, you know that you need to work on, and mm. that is hard. That's a hard. Um, it's a hard thing to balance, and it's a hard thing to recognize. You know, um, and, and so I think like as you enter whatever workforce or whatever season of your life that you are entering. Um, you know, I obviously want to speak to, you know, young women who might be entering their adulthood and have a kid. Um, you know, just be prepared. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, and the first part of that, right, is figuring out what that means because everything that you go through and every new opportunity requires a different, um, a different set of prerequisites, right? It's, it requires different type of preparation. You prepping to be a college football player was vastly different than you prepping to be in the NFL. And you prepping to go from the NFL to yourself working in a corporate environment, those, skills and what you had to do were different. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's the best gift you can give yourself 
um, especially when you're young and you're trying to figure it out. Uh, and, and I think for women, um, there is no room for you to be unprepared. Unfortunately, there's just not. <laughs> mm. No, I love that, man. You keeping it real, right? Keeping it real. But that's yeah, being prepared. Keeping it real, I mean, always. When you're prepared, it doesn't matter like in what, whether it's at home, on a football field, basketball court, corporate world, whatever, but being prepared, man, it can save you so much, so much headache. It can save you so much headache, but it can also put you in a in a place where, man, you're in New York doing uh, having a dream job. And I think the biggest part of that, because you was prepared no matter what the uh, situation. Uh, yeah, I try to be, <laughs> I try, you know, being prepared, the, um, the, the best, you know, the, the outcome of that, right. If you can be confident, you did, you did the work, you're confident. Um, so maybe you're wrong. Maybe, maybe the project doesn't go the way that you want it to. Maybe the plan doesn't get approved, but you, you were prepared. That doesn't mean you weren't prepared. Um, you showed up, you were confident and, uh, you know, it, it gives you the ability to accept defeat, um, accept failure because it, you know, it's kind of that, like, like, you know, have no regret type of thing, right? Like if you did it, you came prepared and, and that's all people can, can ask from you. Right. And, and, but that at the same time is, like I said, a, a gift you, you got to give yourself. Yeah. Katie, how can my listeners get uh, in contact with you? You on social media? I I am on social media. Um, it's probably easiest to find you me top secret? Uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm top LinkedIn. secret. No, um, if, if you like kids and golf and dogs, you can follow me on Instagram. But um, for me, really, I would actually... Um, prefer that your listeners do something to support you versus finding me on my boring subpar social media channels. So well, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you in the show notes any old way. I'm going to put, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm going to put you on the show notes. So if anybody wants to <laughs> kind of get a little bit more of you, they, they have access to you. So, Hey, Katie, thank you so much for being a guest on the shark effect. Awesome. I look forward to seeing you once again, but also having you on again. This has been very enlightening. And I, I, man, you, I, I know you're helping out my listeners. I, I hope so. And I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this, you know, this journey with you and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to use my voice. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra to transition 
whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times. But how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you? Okay. And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.